you're listening to Soul Crush, a podcast dedicated to spirituality, sexuality, and sharing stories that inspire the soul. We release an episode each new and full moon devoted to healing the shame that binds us and illuminating the infinite possibilities and courage of the human spirit. We recognize infinite universal divinity as who we really are and help move others away from ideas and beliefs around God and love that are oppressive. We support the fullest expression of our soul's highest callings to be of service in this world. This is a celebration not of the I or of the me, but of universal love and reverence for the earth that we walk upon. I am your grateful host, Adriana Rizzolo, and I am humbled and honored to be here with you all. Today, my soul crush is artist, writer, and seeker, Kim Kranz. Kim drew a tarot deck in 2012 called The Wild Unknown. And The Wild Unknown has become a community that has developed around this deck. And it's a group of seekers, tarot enthusiasts, artists, yogis, goths, visionaries, free thinkers, skeptics, and believers expanded beyond her wildest dreams. I really wanted to have Kim on the podcast because so much of the inner soul work that we do is about unleashing our creativity and working with creating the support that we need in order to bring the things that are inside of us out into the world so we can be of greater service to one another. And I've used Kim's deck for a very, very long time and we get into all types of good stuff and she leads us with an amazing meditation at the end. So I hope you enjoy the episode today, and if you can, leave us a review on iTunes, and please find me on Instagram at Art of Loving. And I hope you all are having a really nurturing and healing new moon and eclipse in Leo. And my friend Heidi Rose Robbins, who's an amazing astrologer, and we're teaching a workshop on sexuality and the stars in September at Yoga Less Studios in Echo Park, Los Angeles, um, says that Leo is a sign of courage, expression, and leadership. Leo rules the heart and is ruled by the sun, and so Leo stands for the radiance of the self. This is a time to offer your soul self your best self. Do not hesitate. Summon every scrap of courage you have and give what you can. Risk rejection. Don't hide what we could benefit, what could benefit another. We all need to get out of our way a little bit more. So here's to all of our freedom of creative expression and service in the world. And I know that you'll enjoy this episode with this amazing and inspiring woman, Kim Kranz. Hello, welcome back to Soul Crush. Today I'm sharing a conversation and sharing some space with Kim Kranz. Hi, Kim. 
Hi. Morning. Morning. <laughs> so I opened up your book that's coming out this fall, your journal, mm -hmm. and the page that I opened to was the page that says, Wisdom from the Stage, Patanjali. Any practice done consistently over a long period of time with love in your heart produces results. And on the opposite page, I mean, it's a beautiful book. With, yeah, it's just super beautiful. All this um, watercolor, I'm assuming this is watercolor. Yep. Yeah, and amazingness. This page has lots of rainbow vibes going, I feel. Um, and it says practice makes practice on the other side. So I'd love to hear what, what that line means to you. It also, it says that line repeatedly over and over and over, which I also like a lot, the repetition. So if there's anything about um, the repetition or, or what this line, um, what this teaching means to you. Well, I kind of think of this uh, page as like the antidote to that um, scene in The Shining when Jack Nicholson is going crazy in the lodge and he's been, his wife thinks he's been writing this novel the whole winter and it turns out he's just been writing this phrase over and over that's like, all work and no play make Jack a dull boy. Oh my gosh, I forgot. And he writes it over and over and over and there's this moment where she sees the repetition mm. and we see the repetition as viewers and it's so frightening. Because you realize he's been with that idea all winter long. Mm. And the tension and fear really comes out of that. The weight of repeating a phrase over mm. and over. And then, of course, then there's mantra. On the other end of the spectrum, there's mantra, which the idea is you repeat a certain phrase over and over. And then I do a practice sometimes where I listen to a certain song over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that it gets embedded in you or like part of your um the deeper uh fibers of your being mm -hmm. so i was just playing around with that idea on this page it's like partially not a joke but it's partially yeah. a little like wink to the viewer yeah and then also it's just like a practice for me of like writing a phrase over and over i used to do it when i was in college i would mm. um pick out old books from the thrift store and I would write <clears throat> this sounds a little bit psychotic actually a little bit <laughs> like Jack Nicholson in real life yeah. but I would write the phrase over the pictures of the entire book mm. it could be like a certain lyric from a song that I was really into or a certain like snippet from a poem and I would just like explore the phrase and how it would change over time through repetition mm. so it's playing out here in kind of a, <laughs> yeah. a more limited way, but I'm really just like endlessly fascinated with what happens to a practice mm. if we do it over and over. Mm -hmm. Where does the energy ebb and flow and when does it turn into something else? Mm -hmm. It's like if you watch a, a heavy band that's, riff, that's riffing or even like a jazz band or mm -hmm. kind of improv, at some point it gets boring the yeah. jam gets boring and yeah. you're standing there and you're like when is this gonna change if you're at the live show mm -hmm. and then like 20 seconds 30 seconds later something else happens and everybody 
it feels like everyone at one time, and maybe it's just the self, goes deeper. And you're yeah. suddenly in a trance space, yeah. and you're like, this is the sickest riff ever. <laughs> right. But you're not even thinking that because yeah. you're just in, in a deeper space. Totally. So I think um, we spend so much time in the boredom or discomfort of... Um, when is the jam going to get epic? I'm mm-hmm. going to switch this to like a different social channel or mm-hmm. I'm going to, um, whatever, text this other person. Yeah. And so it feels really good to sink down into that lower, deeper space where it gets really epic and it's kind of beyond language or beyond what we're used to. Yeah. It's a long answer to your question. No, it's great. <laughs> Do you feel like there's an element of what... Do you feel like intimacy plays into that or... or... Like, to me, there's a level of intimacy that I feel like is only available when we, like, stay with something for a period of time. At least that's it's, the way that I perceive it. I'm, you know, that's a word that could mean something different to someone else. But. I think so, because the guards come down. Mm-hmm. The expectation and the sense that you know what it's going to be yeah. is loosened. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's, like, the edge mm. that... That's the precipice of like all practices for me that I want to get past. And it's so challenging. Mm-hmm. Just when you think you know how you can get past it, like <laughs> you have to relax more. Mm-hmm. And it happens with music. It happens mm-hmm. with art making. certainly happens with like any kind of spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. Or, um, even like conversation, really. Mm-hmm. It's like we're kind of moving forward with our egos and our thinking mind. And then there's always a way to like relax more into it Mm -hmm. and go into a more unknown space Mm -hmm. that has the potential to reveal something. I don't want to even say new, but something unexpected or something that feels like it comes from an unknown place. Otherwise we're just pivoting around in our, in our like ego upper Mm -hmm. mind and Mm -hmm. It's great up there, but <laughs> certainly does get boring after a while. Yeah. And in my case, it's not always so great up there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was trying to be kind, but, you know. Like, yeah. Um, well, for some people it is, you know, and for others yeah. of us it's not. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I think that's what this, that's what potentially he's talking about is like, mm. um, Abhyasa and Vairagya is like, practice, 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 practice keep showing up and then there's that underlying grace and letting go and it's the combination of the two that's Mm. really the jam if you can somehow allow it to happen Um, which is it's so tricky but it's not going to happen with us like thinking or focusing more Um, or running from thing to thing to thing to thing you know that's the the easy thing to do now yeah I mean when I um a little bit about my like drawing background is I had a teacher when I was from 15 years old onward that she wasn't talking about potentially um she's talking about the Dalai Lama and some different Buddhist teachings but she was talking about drawing really from this point of view she said if you draw and you draw and you draw and you draw Mm. and you spend enough time with the line itself Mm. it will awaken and it will contain energy that people can feel Mm -hmm. 
And I, I was like so 15 years old. It's like, how did I come upon this teacher? Yeah. And I don't think she said it like this, but I imagine... Is that who you dedicated this to? Or is yeah, it different? Yeah, yeah. Jean, Jean Parsons. That in the beginning. So shout yeah. out to Jean, yeah. wherever she is. Um, and and <laughs> so I imagined powerful. that myself in this like little cabin, drawing and drawing. I can still see the image in my mind where I'm there and I just keep drawing. And at some point, it's like the whole cabin like lights up. You know? Yeah. <laughs> And then, and then she was like, then you just decide what it is you want to draw. Like you can mm. draw anything at that point and you decide like what's, has the most energy, what do people mm. need? Mm-hmm. And then you just get to play with energy for the rest of your time. Totally. And I was like, yeah. this sounds like the coolest life. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm in. Magic. Magic. Yeah. And, um, so I, I did like dedicate myself really, she was a super strict teacher I mean Mm. it was crazy we're just drawing circles Mm. um, drawing straight lines like ridiculous amount of time just focusing the mind into the line if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like trying to get (laughs) trying to just focus and understand what what a linear drawn thing is and the discipline that is required like what I'm hearing is almost like this marriage between you know the discipline like someone like her being strict but then also giving this like super far out like non-dual like you know devotional type of teaching and at the same time it's like there is that that discipline that's required in order to have that more um loose experience Mm -hmm. you know of the potential of power within Yep. art and within really truly anything I feel that we you know focus on and, and delve into deep enough right yeah. and that's exactly what potentially is talking about both mm, I love that and in in a, you know in the yoga postures the asanas you know that's also potentially that's what happens and I've seen it I've had it happen Less in yoga than basically a lot of other things that I do, ironically enough. Yeah. Because that seems to be like such a popular thing now. And I'm like, it's definitely happened like the least amount there. <laughs> Once I found other ways that are faster, I started doing those. And I just still do yoga because I, I love it and it's my dharma. But like that experience of then and when I, you know, facilitate now trainings of seeing people have that. When there is that hit of like you experience the energetic power of a pose in any given moment and sometimes it makes people throw up like sometimes you know and everyone's like what's going on you know it just happened a couple weeks and you know and I was like no that this is that that's what happens like that's and it's not necessarily why you're doing it because the rest of it is equally as important the rest of just doing the practice and showing up is equally as important I feel as having that experience that is more mystical that One of the girls, you know, and then she like threw up and then she started seeing lotuses everyone, above everyone's heads. And I was like, great, give us a lotus reading, you know, and she like gave us all lotus readings and, you know, and then like a couple days later, the lotuses went away. And now she's like, you know, now we're working with that yeah. <laughs> because you tap into these other states of consciousness, but we're not necessarily, it's like the bridging, how do you bridge the gap between these other states of consciousness and, and that power that you can really tune into that is so healing, at least that's why I'm interested in it. I think it's healing for us and for the people around us and helps to eliminate suffering. Yeah. Um, and and then and then this relative physical reality, you know. That... Well, I almost think of it like in a 
um, from an alchemist perspective, and my teacher, my first teacher certainly was like an alchemist at heart in that if I was working with Clay on, on, the, on the pottery wheel and struggling, she would come by and be like, oh, looks, looks like you're having looks like you're having a hard time like you know this idea that the center the clay being centered mm -hmm. is just a reflection of the self mm -hmm. essentially when you're working on the clay you're working on the self and the clay is working on you mm -hmm. so that's mm. that's this strange like mm. paradigm shift where mm. the the kind of esoteric and the physical meet yeah. in alchemy where it's saying like yeah i'm trying to quote unquote perfect the line or understand or discipline or or put energy into the line mm. but but from an alchemist's point of view the line is actually trying to put energy into me mm -hmm. and a focused mind into me and mm. it's training me mm -hmm. so flipping it like that is yeah. so cool because it's a little it's it's more humbling mm -hmm. and you're kind of you can accept that the materials that we engage with in the world mm. also bring meaning into our life. It's not just us blathering all over the place with our yoga and our mm -hmm. artwork and our paintings, mm -hmm. but that the, the, the material world is trying to help us grow too. Mm -hmm. And that's like, it makes me so stoked when I can flip it and think of it that way. Absolutely. And then the, the learning can, it happens everywhere, you know, right, like that exactly. softening and that ability to receive as opposed to just, you know, that outer or that external, like, oh, well, seeing this and knowing what that is, like seeing this exactly. tree and knowing what this tree is. And, you know, as opposed to like receiving, you know, the messages that, you know, the, the movements of those leaves are making, right. uh, you know, and or not even thinking about it, but just allowing that to just be in the state that it's in I think I know for me it's I keep I make jokes oftentimes now where it's like I have this ability to kind of sit and not and I don't think this like makes me a great person or anything but where I can just kind of sit and like stare at a wall mm -hmm. or like I go by the creek and like sit there and I just like literally just like stare at the leaves and I mean that's just not something somebody like me would have like ever felt safe or like okay doing and I'm not even saying that's a great thing that people should be able to do but just for me to be able to just like receive a moment mm -hmm. and just not even just not even yeah I Period. think that's a good place to stop with the sentence because <laughs> yeah. adding what you would qualify it as mm -hmm. or quantify is not helpful mm -hmm. and um I mean you can do this you can use the same approach with like the tarot cards mm -hmm. Um, too it's like we think we're getting to know the tarot and it's like those those cards are also building a relationship with us mm -hmm. it's, it's it's an equal exchange and it, when you it can be an equal exchange and when you start to allow it to be like that something mm -hmm. else opens up it's like you want to understand the cards or you want to get your reading and and it's like well they can potentially they they have their own motivation and yeah. are they reading us or are we yeah. reading them and mm -hmm. um i'm just again it's almost like a, a threshold or a precipice mm. in um kind of like between ego and the unknown mm -hmm. and 
that's what I'm more and more interested in riding that really slippery precipice because mm. it's such a interesting place and it seems to me that that's where like almost all energy resides yes yeah um because if you go too far in either direction you can get hyper vigilant and too disciplined in your practice or you can just get so esoteric that like nobody really knows what you're talking about and it's kind of just Mm -hmm. drifting in the wind it's like Mm -hmm. not super helpful in in a practical way so um yeah i love that you're speaking to the way that the unknown or at least what i I'm hearing you say is the way that the unknown works on our ego. Like I know mm-hmm. your your deck, the the wild unknown deck, I had years and years and years. And when I look back to five years ago and pulling certain cards that were not cards that I liked, like let's just say the three of swords, which has been I could probably just characterize like a period of my life as the three of swords, which is like... You're not alone in that. Don't worry. Not something that you want to pull ever. You're like, this, you know, and like looking back to like, you know, pulling and being almost like having a pan, not almost, like literally having a panic attack Mm -hmm. about like the fucking car. And even like, I've been like so angry at your cards. I mean, I don't even know if you like somehow, I'm sure you've learned how to disconnect from like your artwork, I hope, or like energetically protected yourself (laughs) because it's really deep work. Like the stuff, whatever you put, whatever magic and whatever magic flowed through you with that debt. Like, it's not like you're going to, everything you get, everything you want, you're going to get, you know, like that's not the vibe of those cards. It's like, it just feels very neutral to me in the sense of like light dark it's all here and like this is the human experience um that's how I perceived it and but we're now yeah and it's not that I'm like not affected I'm totally still affected by many things but there's there's a little bit more space you know where like I'm like you know if something like that comes up or you know, the eternal tower card. I've written yeah. many blog posts called the eternal tower card because I've been getting that one for years and years too. But now I'm like, oh, that feels kind of like good. You know, we're like in the past that was not, you know, before I had any experience of change and, right. and, and working with change and working with my life falling apart and working with all these things that just, I think if you're on a path naturally happen, um, it was really terrifying to me. And why do you feel like it's so scary Well, I mean, with the moment that someone decides they're going to do a tarot reading or go see a reader or pull the cards themselves or what have you, there's the moment of acknowledgement that's like, I'm limited Mm. in what I can know and I don't know and I'm going to allow other in whatever that other is, that Mm -hmm. otherness. It can be um, something magical, a card you want to see that pops up. It could be that the terrifying otherness of the tower card. But you're, 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 it's like a humbling, people don't necessarily acknowledge this, but there's that humbling moment where you're like, I need a little bit of help. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to say it's like, equal to that um the steps in AA but there Mm. is that moment in in the steps where you're like I can't I acknowledge that I can't no I don't have power over all all these things yeah and um such a crucial thing it's such a great moment yeah and um 
in that, in, and it's absolutely terrifying because the bottom's like falling out and you, you don't know, you, you're moving from what you know to, to allowing what's mm. unknown in. So mm. I think um, as one gets used to that practice and, and, and seeing oneself as scared, mm-hmm. it gets less scary because you can literally say to yourself, I say to myself, probably a couple of times a, a day <laughs> in this last period of my life, which has had a bunch of change in like a huge unknown mm. that I've had to embrace. Um, and the, like my brand, you know, the while unknown mm. brand name, I'm like, yeah. um, I kind of have to step into this. Otherwise I'm like <laughs> yeah. kind of full of shit. Yeah. So I actually have to embrace this. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you about that cause I have such a strong, uh, relationship to names and the things yeah. that I call things and I have a very well, believe me it, it really does it really does call it like opens up this huge portal that you then literally have to step up and into yeah so. I mean this name has like kicked my ass over mm-hmm. and over and over because the crazy thing about the unknown is that once you know it there's more unknown to know mm-hmm. so it keeps expanding mm-hmm. outwards <laughs> or inwards whatever way you want to think about it yeah and it you think you think, oh, I know the wild unknown. I can handle that. And it's like, if you can handle it, it is not the unknown. The unknown will Mm. stretch you to the precipice we've been talking about, the edge of the container that you thought was all you could Mm -hmm. um, kind of oversee. Mm -hmm. And then when you loosen up, you realize that like jug or whatever it is that is the self that you're floating in can actually get a little bit bigger and more space like you were saying before yeah um i did have one more thought about about it but i think i've lost it we should just yeah okay good i know i also i've i also lost it too like i was with you over there and now i'm was very fully with you here too and so i'm usually good at coming back around too but we both were in that space yeah um do you know um, Vicki Noble? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I love her. I don't know her personally, um, but hopefully I'll have her on the podcast uh-huh. um, someday. I think I can but... connect you guys. Ooh, yes. <laughs> so one of the things in her book, Shakti Woman, that no I... No promises. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. I'll be unattached. Um, but um, one of her things that I loved and I, I wanted to ask you about, um, too, is when she made the drawings for her deck... Um, she, in, in her book, Shakti Woman, she talks about how when she was doing the drawings, how like so many people were basically just telling her that they sucked mm-hmm. and that she had to kind of like keep going, even though many like she wasn't she wasn't didn't consider herself somebody who could draw. And then a lot of the feedback she was getting was like, that's I don't think that's your thing. Like, I don't know if you should keep going with that, you know, and that she continued to persevere through just because she had was getting these very strong, intuitive, you know, hits that that's what she was meant to be doing in, yeah. against, you know, people's judgments. And I just I love that so much because I know in my experience, unleashing my creative offerings in the ways that I've been able to, it's come with a lot of moving through my own, it's really my own judgment. I mean, they feel like outer judgments or, I mean, in my, on my path really always mirror some sort of judgment that's just like yeah. right on top of my heart that I'll find. Um, and really moving through that. And so do you have any 
yeah, wisdom around how to move through fear of, or why we even have the fear of like putting something out and, and, um, well, what's, yeah. what's great about your question is it loops me back to what I had forgotten, <laughs> which was, um, just this really simple practice that I've doing, I've been doing lately is, um, and, and, and a side note is that I'm, I'm trying to find ways so that practice doesn't become such a separate part of my life where I go do my yoga in, in the morning and my meditation in the morning mm-hmm. and then I have the rest of my day. It feels kind of progressively as the day goes on a little bit like a shit show as I get <laughs> closer to the evening. But the practice in the morning was really good. Mm. So this is a way, this is one of the smaller, shorter, quicker practices that I do integrated during the day, like mm-hmm. if I'm driving or whatever as a way to for more integration so that we don't have that separation between like practice and life because mm-hmm. the idea for me is like they're not they're just this weaving mm-hmm. thing um and that's just to say um kim i see that you're so scared right now mm. you haven't done this in a really long time there's a bunch of people mm. watching you and you think that they care and you Mm. think they're judging you I see that you're scared of course you're scared it's okay that you're scared Mm. I know you can do this even if you're scared Mm. and that helps me so much Mm -hmm. I use it with from everything from making a drawing to surfing to calling someone new on the phone to like uh, making out with somebody yeah or um, being in an argument with somebody, if you can really just, it just, it's almost like holding yourself for a second. And it's not too, it's not super intellectual because as soon as you say your name to yourself, Mm. it's it's so humbling and dear and intimate. Mm. And just saying, Kim, I see that you're scared. Yeah. Like, oh God, it's just like, it's so, it feels so tender for my, for my heart. And then I can kind of go forward and be like fierce and still hold myself with the, hold my scared self at the same time. Yeah. And so that's a moment to moment thing that, Mm. that one can do, um, while you're making something or like before you do the podcast Mm -hmm. or before you do the send the email that you are afraid to send or mm-hmm. ask for the thing you're afraid to ask for in a larger sense about our work in the world it sounds like you were kind of asking mm-hmm. about that too how do you know that you just need to push forward with an yeah. idea because I think that not pursuing that I know for me if I think about writing a book you know that's something I yeah. really want to do it's something literally people like public like literally people have asked and the more and more it seems like it's something that is needed the more I deeply desire to give it and the more I simultaneously feel like it's like it's pushed further out of my consciousness like most I'm assuming out of fear yeah and so it's just like a very interesting thing that I just keep I just try to keep turning my eyes in that direction like I'm not forgetting about you like I'm coming for you but like this is a process um and and yeah I feel like putting something out is yeah, I think we all have a desire to like 
to serve in some way where most of us really want to be supportive and I, I feel our gifts or the things that we have to share and say and offer and the creative sense like you shared earlier that power that's in all of that is the thing that really helps us connect so to me it feels like the bigger in my mind it's not bigger necessarily but in my mind it feels bigger it feels like I'm being asked to step up in a different way that haven't before and right. like what you just said is so beautiful like the compassion inside of that like I know you know Adriana I know you have not done this before and yeah, it's okay to, to be scared you have to say this certain line at the beginning okay you'd say Adriana I know I see that mm. you're scared I see that you're scared yeah because that it just like sets it all back mm-hmm but you could say I it see, makes a little room for it. Makes it. a little room. Yeah. And but, but you could say I see that you're fill in the blank. It could be I could see yeah. that you're panicked. I could see yeah. that you're like disengaged. Yeah. Because you're scared or what whatever. It yeah. doesn't always have to be scared. Right. Usually the different it kind of is. emotions. Yeah. Like that's the underlying. Because one even that, anger, like yeah. anger, to me when I go underneath, I'm like I'm always just fucking terrified. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like. What's underneath so many emotions that, you know, are causing me or someone else harm. Yeah, well, it's, um, for me, I, I mean, I've just realized this year, like, either I'm, I'm coming from a place of fear or I'm coming from a place of love. Mm-hmm. It's, I can't really find, like, a nuanced neutral space in between mm-hmm. that I'm functioning from. <laughs> That's nice to hear. Because um, I can't either. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, good. It doesn't mean I'm super but, scared, right. but it means that underneath there's, there's some... a little bit of rattling. And, right. um, and otherwise, it's a, this, like, loving space that yeah. I can feel inside myself has a different resonance, yeah. different altogether delivery and... Mm probably feels completely different to other people mm-hmm. however I still when I was say making the tarot deck back in the day maybe there was both things running through me because I felt very fearful at that time in my life mm. but still some something powerful was moving through so I didn't I don't want to mm. give anyone that's listening or you or myself this idea that we can get to this like pure loving space mm-hmm. and that's the perfect space mm-hmm. and that's where we should create from because that is not right. my understanding or experience or belief about creativity at all. Right. Um, in the midst of like, we have example after example of like, in the midst of the deepest turmoil, mm-hmm. um, such profound healing work mm-hmm. funnels through people and they're scared as shit. Yeah. And they, maybe they were, or they weren't doing a practice where they say like, you know, Van Gogh. Yeah. Or yeah. Like, I, see. I know that you're very Vincent, I see that you're scared. Yeah. It's like not happening. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's been my experience too, which is interesting because in those moments, it's like there's some sort of surrender because I feel so fucked in a way that it almost works. Yeah. But yeah. it's not like I knew or consciously know in that moment it's working. I feel like nothing's working. Yeah. And then I look back and I'm like, whoa, that was such a deeply dark but like powerfully like the things that were flowing through and that's just also not where I always am I'm not always in like the depths of darkness I mean that's just I feel like we all ebb and flow in and out of all these different states and and layers and um phases in our lives as things come and go and 
so it's it's interesting because it's you know yeah i mean maybe to go back to the idea of the uh, be, the space between fear and love mm-hmm. it's actually not neutral mm. it's a space of I'm just riffing here, but yeah. I actually think it's a space of tension. Mm-hmm. That precipice we've been yeah. talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's like, from a Jungian, from like Carl Jung's point of view, the tension between those two opposites, if you can hold mm-hmm. the tension yes. and not do anything, not run to hear, run to the fear or run to the love and try to deny the fear, but hold and make more space for the tension his theory was that something arises that he called the transcendent function, Mm -hmm. which is an image or something that is new that helps not even resolve the tension, but, but bring new, um, a new layer of understanding or a new offering to what wasn't there before. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the tarot deck was somewhat like that for me. There was so much tension in my life at that point between like, different opposing forces that something new has to get born out of pure tension itself Mm -hmm. it it needs to go somewhere so it channels kind of up and out Mm -hmm. is the idea i love that um image it's like a triangular image the Mm -hmm. bottom two corners of Mm -hmm. the triangle are opposites whatever they are and you can apply this to like the political system Mm -hmm. Anytime there's polarization, there's deep suffering mm-hmm. and pain and tension. And then if that tension is sustained with some kind of holding, which mm-hmm. I think is what we've been talking about, mm-hmm. making space for it, holding yeah. it, yeah. naming it, being with it, then the third thing can happen. Can arise. And I don't know in politics, like if they're, you know, yeah. I'm not saying a third party is going to ar- arise and solve everything but I do think that new solutions and creative solutions come from that absolutely Um, I mean and I think I I feel like a lot of that has been birthing you know I mean I think a lot of the ways and yeah who knows I mean and a lot of the ways things have been dealt with or have the way that people have been even just coming together you know in different ways I feel like is a result of that is a result of like such extremity right now yeah. and what I was just receiving when you were sharing that is you know in the moments where we are able to say you know I can see that you're this and, and holding space in that way and then as opposed to those other moments when you're just so fully immersed in some sort of yeah. suffering that that too is a holding, right? I mean, if you make it out alive, I mean, not to be, you know, just to yeah. be totally honest, because yeah. some people don't. And, yeah. um, but it, when you do, and knowing that it's okay to be in those spaces, you know, and, and, and many people do make it through those, you know, that holding too is like, I love that thinking of it as that, as that holding the, the tension and holding those, those opposites. I mean, and it happens in relationship all the time. I mean, the paradox of reality. I mean, it's just like to tune into, you know, everything that is happening, you know, the, the extremes of everything that could be happening that we could be feeling Mm -hmm. is, you know, sometimes is madness to me, you know, and, and, and that, or like maddening (laughs) to be able to feel such joy and such, 
pain at the same time somehow or such joy and such grief or you know whatever these these things that are seemingly opposite um and what can arise from and why I I get so much support in my life like with friends and healers and therapists you know because I and you in this moment (laughs) reminding me to like that holding that tension I mean I've had so many people say that to me over the past couple years and it just always really helps to hear it. Yeah, I mean, I it makes me think about this. Um, I was thinking of this Kabir poem last night, um, and maybe I'll read it. In, yeah, in, you I love know, that. at the end of the at the end of the show. Or yeah, what, whenever. But it's this. It's called this clay jug, and it's um, just an image of. Uh, a clay jug mm. and he's riffing with this idea of this is it the self is it the whole world that's in this jug mm. and I love this image because it it ties into what we're talking about in that you know when you first start practice or first kind of start to wake up to how like complex and harrowing and confusing life can be your jug might be kind of like more like a little cup mm. like what you can quote unquote handle in your mind, although you can handle much more than this, is quite small. Mm. And then as you practice or as you grow, and one of my goals is like the jug gets like bigger and bigger and can Mm. contain more Mm -hmm. opposites and more tension and more spaciousness and more grace. And Mm. so even like when I did my practice this morning, I just thought of the self is the image of the jug and you might think about it like oh it's as big as my chest or it's mm-hmm. in my torso and then you can kind of like expand it outward and you can you can pull challenging things into it mm-hmm. with your mind and the jug can expand maybe like a tiny tiny bit mm-hmm. or maybe on certain days you can keep expanding it and letting mm whatever, a landscape that you love from your childhood into the space. You let the whole, um, at some point, the Pacific Ocean, Mm. like, comes Mm -hmm. into the jug. Mm -hmm. And then a song that you're listening to, you actively put it inside Mm. the jug. Mm -hmm. So the song lives there. The complication with the ex-boyfriend is also in the jug. It Mm. just takes up a little bit of space somewhere, maybe by the ocean. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm obviously mm. a super visual person, so this yeah, really works for me, but yeah. I feel like um, there is the idea that we can, we can hold these things just gently and kindly and more and more, and they mm. can be gnarly, and they can be, you know, the beautiful things we want to post on Instagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all, they can all belong in there, mm-hmm. and, and um, we can make space for for it mm-hmm. and that too is asking otherness in mm-hmm. the the things you hadn't accepted before you can let them in yeah so to I've me been, it feels like wholeness like that's to like what yeah. I'm receiving from even just that visual that you just offered you know it just feels very whole and yeah it feels really relieving to me when I think about it that way. And then and, and I don't have to fix and manage it. It's mm-hmm. kind of taking care of it's self sustaining and like a um, it is like alchemical vessel. Everything's in there. 
it might be really hot at the moment, it might be cooler, it might mm. be really active, it might be settled mm -hmm. and clear, mm. um, but nothing's like rejected from mm. it. Will you read the poem? Do you sure, have it? Sure, I will. Yeah. It's one of my favorites, and I'm going to just say that it would be, this is my homework to any podcast listeners, <laughs> um, that although I will do my best with this poem, mm -hmm. what you guys should do after you're done listening to the podcast is Google search or YouTube mm -hmm. search uh, Robert Bly reading mm -hmm. this poem because I actually listen to this, listen to him reading it as like an active practice. So I'll do it. I'll listen to it 10 times mm -hmm. in the morning mm -hmm. or this morning I just listened to it three times. It does something if you keep pressing replay, mm -hmm. it, it starts to just shift, shift oneself. I can't help it, I mm -hmm. don't think. So that's a, that's a strong lead up. I hope I can, uh, <laughs> I hope I can deliver here. Um, this is a poem by Kabir and it's a translation by Robert Bly. Mm. It's called This Clay Jug. Inside this clay jug, there are canyons and pine mountains and the maker of canyons and pine mountains. All seven oceans are inside and hundreds and hundreds of millions of stars. The acid that tests gold is here and the one who judges jewels and the music that comes from the strings that no one touches and the source of all water. If you want the truth, I will tell you the truth. Friend, listen. The God whom I love is inside. Mm. Mm. I think that poem just inherently uh, challenges us to expand mm -hmm. and then contract again into the self when you try to imagine the pine mountains inside your mind goes like holy <laughs> shit they're not inside me and then and then the next one I'm like the maker <laughs> you're like wait you're like what <laughs> for me in that moment I've heard that poem before and I've, I've heard that I also am going to listen to the Robert Bly, Bly version today too and I have in the past and it's so amazing and your rendition is also was very, very powerful um, and it speaks to two things. Well, one, that line that it stood out to me in that moment more than it ever has before and made me tear up. Um, the string, the music of the strings that are never played. I, I can't oh even God. repeat it because it's going to make me cry so Can much. We're going to be able to finish the interview. But to me, that's like, oh, like it's so tenderizing and so heartbreaking. Like it literally broke my heart when you said that. Well, the what's amazing is in the Robert Bly recording, he repeats that line twice because he knows <laughs> that's the baller line. That's where it all is. But it also relates yeah. to this idea of the, in, in some... Um, uh, yogic teaching translation of some scripture or somewhere mm. I, I swear this is true <laughs> it talks about the heart being the unstruck sound mm. 
that you yeah. you can hear the unstruck sound mm. of the heart mm. and that is such a beautiful space to just hover in mm-hmm. in that paradox again mm-hmm. i don't know why we keep talking about the precipice but mm-hmm. that's a precipice yeah uh, a challenge to stay on the idea of the unstruck sound mm. um but yeah, yeah and it challenges i mean me i'm like i just want to i just want to play You're the like, music I hear it <laughs> No, I want to hear it. Like, I don't care. I want to pick up the guitar, even though I suck at the guitar. You know, like I want to hear it. You know, there's such a deep to to hold back, in and or to pull back and to just be in that. You know, for me and yeah, it's it's. It's not yeah. the immediate payoff. Yeah. you actually have to sit with it. It's like the it's mm-hmm. like the heavy metal band that's riffing mm-hmm. on the 13 yeah. minute interlude. Mm-hmm. You have to stay with them mm-hmm. until minute six and a half when your ego <laughs> finally gets bored yes and this uh, the other thing yes. happens and that's some that's something to do with the unstruck sound mm-hmm. it's like it's it's not even the ears that you know mm-hmm. hearing it it's mm-hmm. some other coming from some other place absolutely there's some other teaching i'm not doing good with my references here <laughs> it's okay it might have something i might be um, i may or may not be having an influence on that but i'm kind of known as that teacher who's like guys it doesn't matter but we can feel it and like we can experience it and like there's i literally looked up like on my phone yesterday it was like people because they're like what is that mantra and i'm like okay let me just look it up and read you what it means because i don't know and also you know i'm like i know you're not paying for me to look at google on my phone but also there's many other things that are being offered here that's just not one of them so (laughs) you can't have it all well well, there's the idea that at the the center of the heart is actually like a scent Mm. Mm. it's um Mm. not something we would associate with the heart Mm -hmm. but that it's this like gentle Mm. aroma that is Mm -hmm. some kind of elixir you Mm -hmm. can get a get a whiff of Mm -hmm. like every you know 20 years when you (laughs) when you when you come into some space where that's available and the rest of the time we're like i i have to admit that i haven't smelled my heart yet But I've had sensations that seem somewhat yeah. like that. Yeah. I'm still waiting. I'll let you know. I love we'll, that. We'll have to do another show <laughs> yeah. when that happens. Please call me. We'll talk all about it. <laughs> what does it smell like? Yeah. It's the unsmelled smell. Smell. <laughs> Unscented, unsmelled <laughs> smell. Yeah. Unsmelled scent, exactly. I love that all of this so much and just wait, just, just by the way, yes. we could package that. <laughs> Make it into a face mist for sure. Exactly. Look out. <laughs> that then you could spray on your face. <laughs> here we are. You're, you're, you're hearing it first. The sound of the un <laughs> unsmelled scent, scent. Being sprayed on my face. <laughs> Uh. Okay, available in stores everywhere this holiday. And on our websites. So, um, you know, when you're, we were talking so much about, yeah, the precipice and also the the container, you know, for it. And yesterday, and I shared this with you before we started, but when I was teaching, you know, one of the things that I did, because I lead a lot of kirtans, which are... um, devotional singing using mantra and it's very easy because of my 
hyper kind of dramatic personality to create an energy where it goes really fast and everybody loses their minds and it's like a great ecstatic experience and I've just been doing it for some years now where that's like an easy place to go and almost where it feels like the energy but then also the expectation of the group wants it to go because it feels good Mm -hmm. and and for me it's like, well, you know, and it's also a part of the practice. It's like a lot of us don't ever even have the experience sometimes until we find some sort of practices that actually help us connect to our joy or our innate qualities that are, you know, our, our joy is just as unconscious as our pain, I feel like. So mm-hmm. I'm totally fine with that. And yesterday, because, um, you know, was facilitating the space for a deeper training, I just you know, I kept, when I tuned into the the class, I just kept getting the sense and for my own personal thing to hold. And it's interesting it happened yesterday because it's not what I normally will do, but just to hold that, to hold the board. Like I just, we freaking did the Hare Krishna, but like this, like really just whatever version and slow for like way longer. I mean, you know, like didn't, for like, you know, 45 minutes or whatever, which for, you know, it's like otherwise it could happen in five minutes. And just holding that and and watching and feeling myself get bored and then also feeling myself of like, whoa, you know, I'm like opening my eye and like taking a peek and like seeing everybody be like super bored in that space. And then, but, and then just keeping it there and like never ending it there. And a lot of the reflection that came back is just exactly what you were speaking to was just like, oh, eventually. And for me, it just like never happened. Like the thing that I'm, I think is supposed to happen when I practice of dropping into this space of, you know, what can feel like relief or it doesn't even necessarily feel good, but it can feel like relief just didn't happen. And some of the reflection of the students were like, yeah, I was just like super bored. And because afterwards I'm like, what did you notice? And this and that. And they were just bored and whatever. And I had to just, and also I had having to hold that and to be like, okay, you're just holding a boring space now, you know, which is, was difficult for me, but trying to just challenge myself in that way. And, um, cause that's what was arising. I failed at the end though. And this is the part I wanted to get to because I started having this, this and in that that morning when I tuned in, this song also came through the Belinda Carlisle song, "Heaven Is a Place on Earth." Mm-hmm. And during towards the end of it, I started hearing that, and so that was how. And then the meditation after the chanting, everybody, you know, we were just in that space, and I I brought that song on, and part of what I felt like came through, and everybody was just kind of started laughing, and was just kind of like, "You're ridiculous!" Like I'm not gonna stand up and like sing this song right now but I was like no that's what we're gonna do because to me it felt and it feels like you know like we were sharing earlier of like bridging the gap between the practice and and what is life you know what is life to like stand up then and to be like in our bodies and to be like singing this song even though most of us are gonna feel extremely uncomfortable doing that and almost like angry, like I was like, people are definitely mad at me right now. And I was like, I have to be okay with that too. And, you know, finding all of that in this experience that, you know, it doesn't always go the way that we want it to go, I guess, is part of my point. And also the, the magic that is in just all of that, like the magic that is in like a boring practice or, you know, the magic that is in just continuing to show up so you have a place to 
to gauge like what's even going on on that inner level and inside of that inner experience. Um, yeah. Well, it makes me think of a couple things. First is the, um, one of my favorite teachers, um, who's a mythologist, his name is Michael Mead. He has mm. a really great podcast called Living Myth. I just like cannot say enough about his teachings and his ability to like almost collage together um, a bunch of different disciplines and practices. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does a lot of ritual and um, studies ritual and the history of ritual in um, different cultures around the world. And he really talks about boredom as like an ingredient of ritual mm. that there it has to that. it has to be addressed at some point because the, the logos mind there's like logos mind and there's there's mythos there's logos and there's mythos is what we're playing with and anytime you step into ritual or practice you're attempting to get to the mythic mm-hmm. and you're attempting or one is i mm. am at least try, you know trying to bypass logos or the logical the mm-hmm. ego that wants to like organize the mm-hmm. thing so that it's the perfect amount of time so the students arrive at the yeah like you know at the samadhi at the same time that i do and yeah. you know they all they all post on instagram oh, right. i'm such a great teacher <laughs> and then i get more followers right. um and so it's this kind of battle between these two again like mm. pair of opposites and and the the logos the the ego it has to get bored enough to mm. kind of just be like oh fuck this i'm not going to show up as much because like i'm just going to take a nap for a sec yeah and and then um the mythic has more room mm. to to explore what mm. is showing up and that and he also talks about mythic time that when you enter a ritual or even when we're entering this podcast it's a mm. little bit timeless right now mm-hmm. i could look at my phone and be yeah. like are we on time what's going on yeah but when you get to a space that's um let's just say it's like a fringe space an alternate space to the one we're usually in when we're day-to-day on the computer or doing whatever it's going to have a more mythic feel where time slips away it's like when you go camping with your friend overnight and it feels like oh my god i've been gone for three days and then she says oh my god i feel like we just got here two hours ago yeah that's mythic time mm, yeah that's an you know it's super powerful to be in that and mm. i feel like we all need more of that so anytime we practice just like you're saying if it's just boring bore, boring the whole time you're still um finding yourself in another not like another dimension but another reality that's so nourishing for us to be in Mm -hmm. um and then the second thing i wanted to bring up was um oh yeah you were talking about this song belinda carlisle big fan yes (laughs) (laughs) and i was thinking about um i've been using song a lot as practice Mm. so I'm not sure how close we are because I'm in mythic time. I'm yes. not sure how close we are We're to closing, winding down, winding yeah. down the podcast. Yeah. And I can do a little um, meditation where we can okay. actually pull a song. Um, mm. I out, love that because I the use vault. that so so much in my own practice and yeah. dancing and you know just so, connecting to the energy of song is is powerful. So um, why don't we do that now Great. and then we can talk about it like just. A, minute or two afterwards of what to do with it um does that seem cool that sounds great okay yeah i'd love that 
So, for anyone who's listening, you don't necessarily even have to get in like a fancy meditation posture. Um, what you want to do is just settle into the seat and soften, soften the body where you can. And just find the breath. And find the breath somewhere in the body, maybe the belly. And just keep softening more and more. And we're going to travel back in time. And in order to do that, we just keep getting softer and more gentle. And we sense ourselves, I don't know, preteen, maybe you're a teenager. And just be with that self for a moment. Softly, kindly. And you see yourself growing up, you're moving towards your 20s, maybe your mid 20s. And somewhere in that spectrum, between the teenage years, mid-twenties, maybe thirty, there was a moment that you heard a song. And don't overthink this part. You probably landed on it already. You can remember the exact place you were. The song just seemed to hit you. Maybe you heard it before or maybe it was new. But something in you was changed. like a before and after. And go to that exact moment and just observe who you were with, if anyone. Where were you? What was around you? the day like or the night what were you doing
hold on to the swell that kind of comes from that song, whatever energy was in it. As if you're that jug and you're bringing the whole song into the, into the self. Just bring it back into your jug from wherever it's been. And know that there's still something there for you. It's not completed yet. And you thank the song. And you thank the musician who wrote the song and got beyond, for a moment, their fears and recorded it and put it out into the world. So that the two of you could share that moment in the past and the two of you could share this moment right now. So now we have a song, mm. and the song wants more of you, or you wouldn't have thought of that song. So then, for me, I, I, I take the song, and I do like active practice with it, mm. and which means going back to the repetition <laughs> um, mm. lay on the floor mm. you know before you get out of your car you sit in the car eyes closed and you just actively build relationship with that song mm -hmm. and it's been such a fun and heartbreaking and beautiful mm. um way for me to practice with pop culture mm -hmm. that's not an esoteric mantra mm -hmm. it's not a serious thing yeah. sometimes it feels serious but yeah. it's a way um, to incorporate the everyday into like a what can be from for me so far has been like a very deeply moving practice and mm -hmm. sometimes that's a heavy metal song yeah and other times it's like this melodic yeah. heartbreaker mm. yeah it feels really powerful because well for many reasons to one being just also connecting to that being you know like that younger yeah. being yeah. but through the power of like it's um like you know, I do inner child work and all of that, but connect, I've never done it that way. And connecting, it's connected me so deeply to the feeling of that, 
like the feeling of me as a 16 year old like Ani DeFranco exactly. like that's like, what's it what's your song Ani DeFranco <laughs> yeah it's like which song um it I can't I have to like look it up because it was like yeah it's like the lyrics are there She's and I don't yeah it's like there I was like there was like probably a couple kind of like I kept but I was also just trying to like stay with the feeling of yeah, it so like yeah. the word I'm gonna find it for sure after this because <laughs> I'm gonna listen to it but just the feeling of that being and then yeah like this deep also just like I could feel the parts of myself that I was really rejecting then and mm-hmm. and and how it also that song was like affirming the parts of me that I was rejecting in that moment yeah and like that well, interesting dynamic the idea is it wouldn't snag you back it wouldn't be compelling enough for the psyche to go back there if yeah. there wasn't something still there for 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 us yeah I love that you said that at the end like yeah. I was like ooh, like to really yeah otherwise yeah. it's just a memory that fades away it's neutral it's so neutral it's yeah. just in the vault right whatever right with all the other songs we listen to yeah I mean many of them came up like yeah, I was definitely yeah. like yeah it was like but, following but a bunch around what's great but, is that you can then move from yeah you know you keep going yeah. and it's like we have so many songs okay. that have kind of built and shaped us and mm-hmm. been there for us at different times oh my like, gosh totally um and I love you talking about it in terms of bridging that again to pop culture. And I mean, that's just, I oftentimes put on the radio when I'm driving. It's funny because I was with someone the other day and they're like, I never, I'm like, I, and I like go through the radio until like something really pops out. And sometimes, yeah, it's like a really popular song that like, that I have no idea what it is, you know, like Cardi B or, you know, and I'm like, Oh, I didn't even know. And then like, she says this lyric and I like completely lost my mind two weeks ago about this, like Cardi B lyric. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh. And like, just because I, that's just a practice of mine of like turning on the radio and like stopping when I feel some sort of resonance. And then there's always something there. Like for like, I always find that. So I'm so glad you brought that up and that you shared that practice. Cause that's, it's such a deep practice for me and something that is just, it really is a connector to these deeper places for sure. Yeah. And yeah. those artists too, I, I feel like connecting to the lineage, not thinking about our lineage as just our spiritual teachers, but really yeah. like who is speaking to us, who's, yeah. you know, who have we been connecting to yes. in a meaningful way for a long, long time. Our whole lives. And when, when you do that, when you let more in, mm-hmm. the, like you let the artist's lineage in, you yeah. let the, whatever you're into, you let the chef lineage in and yeah. the horse trainer lineage, whatever, yeah. you, you get stronger because yeah. there's more, your team is like bigger and behind you like a warrior force. Yes. And, and so I love pulling the musicians in. It's just like, yeah, yeah I want... Spirit animals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want all of them. And also it felt so good to share that gratitude, like energetically share, you know, yeah. to share the appreciation for that. And in this moment, you know, I know I would do that then, but there was a different ability of me, of mine to share, you know, appreciation and gratitude and depth. So it felt so good to do that now. Right. So the second yeah. homework for the listeners... Yeah. I'm a big homework guy. Great. So it's my disciplinarian. Blame it on my first drawing teacher. But I love you it. go to the so we can we can almost quote Gene Parsons here. You you go to the song and you listen to it over and over and over mm-hmm. until something new awakens. Mm. And that might happen really quickly or it might be like, what the fuck do I need to listen to this song yeah. for? But um 
It's a really sweet practice. Yeah. And, and trying to do it, like, you can do just listen in the car when you're cruising around, but also, if you can lay on the floor and just mm. be with that fully, mm. it can just be so mm. cool. Or, yeah. like, dancing or whatever you want to do. But yeah. I find laying on the floor, mm. eyes closed, is pretty mesmerizing. Mm. And be completely with the sounds of the song. And so, just yeah. let the metal riffs run through you yeah. or whatever, yeah. whoever's singing. Yeah. Um, I love that so much. And those singers had their teachers too, so it's like mm-hmm. they had their influences. Mm-hmm. It just keeps piling up. And, and, keep... and the, the power of just that human connection, you know, yeah. like beyond, like you said, it's spiritual teachers or not. Or I mean, to me, that's like, you know, human connection is the, yeah. is the power in all of it. And when I, you know, played Heaven is a Place on Earth yesterday, I mean, the biggest, everybody was like, oh my God, I don't remember that song being so spiritual, you know? <laughs> you know? Because it's like now we have some idea of what's spiritual, you know? And right. so it feels that way. But, you know, the truth is that, yeah, it's just, it's truth, you know? And yeah. Because that was, what, you know, she was, that was the, the offering that was moving through, you know? So, yeah. Um, well, the mystic tradition is like full of, full of poets. And yeah. the poets are often songwriters. And the songwriters are often pop stars now. And yeah. rappers. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah. if you want to be really an investigator of where where are the mystics, you'll find yeah. them freaking everywhere. Absolutely. And it's so much fun to be like, oh my God, Drake just busted yeah. out. Yeah. You know, busted out these lyrics. Um, I feel good, sometimes I don't. Yeah. And you're like, okay, Drake. <laughs> it's like... I just—it makes me laugh every time I hear it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Little yogi. Yeah. Totally. Totally. (laughs) And it's so like plain and simple. Oh my god! Totally. And then you're like, oh my gosh! Like, yeah. I mean, the Cardi B lyric was like, I'm gonna bash it right now, but it was something about like you got me tripping, thinking that I'm flawed, like looking in the mirror, thinking that I'm flawed because you because you insecure, and I was like. Uh, you know that's like such a human and for many of us at least if you're single like your experience of like someone else like not showing up and then you're like what's wrong with me you know and I just was like did she really just fuck I was literally driving in my car and I was I was yelling like out loud like it was like like this doesn't always happen but I was like oh my god like I like I couldn't even contain what happened like I was like it was amazing um but yeah it's like it's so good it's just so yeah and I'm I'm really gonna try that practice too because oftentimes I've been doing that practice but um dancing and I think or just you know feeling my body and how it wants to move and things but I think it'll be really powerful to, to listen and lie down and just like yeah, fully immerse and receive. Yeah, you listen to it like one more time than you want to. You're like, mm-hmm. I'm a bored self, right? I'm being bored and mm. an antsy, and I'm gonna give it one more time. Yeah, um, it's special. Beautiful. Thank you so much for yeah, sharing all of your wisdom and your yeah. You're just um, a really inspiring being and woman. And Thank you. Yeah. Thanks you can, for having me. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share? Anything? You have coming up? Uh, I want to say that the Wild Unknown Journal is coming out this September. I'm going to be doing at least a West Coast creativity workshops and surfing tour. Yes. And um, how will that work? I don't know. It's going to be very, (laughs) it's going to be very DIY. So I'm going to do some things that are more like official uh, artist Q&A book signing, like Mm -hmm. in a more typical way. And then I'm going to be meeting people in a, in a more like 
at their studio or in their backyard or at the beach and having surf dates with new friends that can show me their epic surf spots. Yeah. And um, just having a more flexible, like, uh, intimate exchange with Wild Unknown community. Mm-hmm. So I'm really stoked, and there'll be more info about that coming up soon. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>